0: Tēnā no my mai, my, mai, my name is Will Appleby and welcome to Animal Matters. Today my corridor is with Philip McKibben, a New Zealand-based writer and author of the book Love Notes for A Politics of Love, which is published in New York by Lantern Books. His work has been published in The Spin-Off, The Guardian, Stuff, New Zealand Herald, among many other publications. In 2018, he co-organised The Politics of Love, a conference at All Souls College at the University of Oxford. The Politics of Love is a radical vision of politics, a vision that could make a difference to the lives of animals. So to discuss with us The Politics of Love on Animal Matters today, here is Philip McKibben. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to to join me. I'm really interested in this topic. To start with, perhaps you can give me just a rundown, perhaps your background and some of the work you've done.
1: Uh, My name is Philip McKibben. I'm a writer, a New Zealand writer of Pākehā and Māori kaitahu descent. I've written a book called Love Notes for a Politics of Love, which is a collection of essays, articles and presentations on the politics of love. Uh, Most of those I wrote by myself, but I've also collaborated with others on this vision of politics.
0: And that's what we're here to talk about today is the politics of love. So could you explain briefly what what your vision is for the politics of love?
1: The politics of love is a radical vision of politics. And when I say radical, I mean that it seeks to transform how we do politics. Uh, The politics of love celebrates love. It engages feeling, thought and action to create better communities. When I talk about love, I'm not talking about something that's exclusively emotional or simply about interpersonal relationships. I'm talking about something deeper. Uh, I understand love as a way of relating to ourselves, to each other, to non-human animals and to the natural environment. So it's a very encompassing thing. And it involves, as I say, feeling, thought, and action. So it's not just a feeling. It also involves thinking, and very importantly, doing, or uh, to put it another way, work. The politics of love has precedence in the everyday acts of kindness that we show to one another, in our relationships with each other. It also has precedence in Indigenous struggle, in uh, civil rights movement, feminist movement, LGBTQI plus movement. Uh, So, yeah, it does have uh, a strong history. Uh, The Politics of Love seeks to articulate what loving politics looks like uh, as a coherent practice. Uh, So I follow follow Bell Hooks, who... uh, argues that love is opposed to domination so she argues uh, so bell hooks is an african-american theorist she argues that love is anti-racist anti-sexist and opposed to all forms of domination so when i talk about love i also mean that it is uh, anti-speciesist anti-castist anti-capitalist and so on Um, So the politics of love is a values-based politics. Uh, It mobilizes loving values like compassion, responsibility, and trust, and upholds critical commitments, uh, for example, to radical equality and to non-violence. One way that I sometimes describe the politics of love is as a space. So it's a round space uh, within which all of us gather. It has love at its center. We all gather within this space with our diverse knowledges and histories to debate, to, to deliberate, uh, and it's from here that we act. Um, yeah. And as I, as I have previously mentioned, I have collaborated with other people. developing this vision of politics. So it's not only my vision of politics. I started writing about the politics of love with my dear friend Max Harris, uh, and since then I've uh, worked with other people. Uh, For example, Kim Stallwood, who's a UK animal rights activist, we've written on the term animal lover and how it can be used to bring people together around animal rights. Uh, And I've also written with Uh, Mexican philosopher, Carla Alicia Suarez-Felix, who uh, has written with me on love politics and veganism. So those are just two examples. There are lots of people uh, who have contributed to the politics of love.
0: You've touched on a couple of interesting points there, and especially around what you've, um, how it's opposed to domination. How would the politics of love apply to animals and policies that would benefit animals?
1: So, the politics of love recognises that non human animals are sentient beings with interests, which is something that a lot of political visions don't recognise. So, for a start, there's that non human animals are sentient and they have interests. The politics of love, as you mentioned, is anti-domination. So it is opposed to speciesism in the same way that it's opposed to racism and sexism. Uh, How the politics of love operates with respect to animals is something that needs to be worked out collaboratively. Uh, So, you know, as I've mentioned, I am not the only person who has been working on the politics of love and the whole idea of... uh, having a laid out plan or a a vision that is set in stone with uh, specific policies is uh, not really what the politics of love is about Um, so we need to talk about those issues together and and work collectively to work out what sort of actions and policies uh, are necessitated by the politics of love what sort of policies uh, it would result in so when I make some suggestions, as I'm about to, uh, those are my, <laughs> my specific reflections. Um, and yeah, they are to be, you, you can question them, you can think about them for yourself. Uh, but when I think about what the politics of love means for non-human animals, I uh, think about how we engage individually and how we engage collectively. So these are two different sorts of actions, I think. Uh, So you can think about what you as an individual do on a day-to-day basis uh, for non-human animals and the extent to which that is loving. So a good example of this would be veganism. Now, I believe that veganism is entailed by the politics of love. Uh, Not everybody would agree with that, but that's my personal position. And that's an example of an individual action. Uh, Veganism Obviously, being uh, issuing animal products entirely, uh, both in what we eat, what we eat, what we wear, what we use, and so on, uh, that is an individual action that is loving. It respects uh, the sentience and the interests of non-human animals, and it positions us in a positive way relative to them. Uh, but not all of our actions are individual actions. Uh, We can also act collectively, and this is when policy comes in. So a lot of us are used to the idea of love guiding our interpersonal actions. Um, You know, it it informs most of our relationships, our family relationships, our relationships with our friends and our partners. Uh, But I believe that love can also uh, underpin policy. Uh, I believe that policy can be loving. Uh, Governments can be loving. Parties can be loving. Institutions can be loving. And... Yeah, we can think about what loving policy, uh, what loving institutions look like with respect to other animals, um, and one way of thinking about this is in terms of values. Uh, so, uh, do our policies treat animals with compassion, with mercy, with respect? Do we seek to understand them and listen to them? Uh, those those sorts of values. Some examples of uh, loving policies uh, that I would like to see that I think would be consistent with the politics of love would be uh, an end to animal agriculture and a, tradition, uh, and a transition uh, here in Aotearoa towards a plant-based economy, to a diversified economy with a focus on um, with plant-based agriculture, uh, a ban on... Uh, The use of animals in sports, for example, those would be policies uh, that I feel would be in line with the politics of love that would benefit animals. Um, We can also think about the sorts of institutions and the sorts of uh, organisational structures that we would need uh, to realise the politics of love for animals. Um, Some examples that I've written about recently could be an independent uh, animal rights commission modelled perhaps on our Human Rights Commission with an Animal Rights Commissioner, uh, we could also explore the possibility of legal personality for non-human animals as a way of ensuring uh, that they are protected. Um, but as I say, those are only suggestions.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> you're preaching to the converted, um, that's for sure. I just want to touch on something you said before, which was that it's a the politics of love is a radical vision. And you mentioned that... Love guides almost all of our personal decisions in terms of our interpersonal relationships, right? So we tend to be friends with the people we love and and so on and so forth. Whereas in Parliament, it's not a very loving place in the sense that we have an adversarial system and that uh, manifests itself in conflict and uh, quite heavy conflict. How do you see the politics of love fitting within that paradigm?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question, and I agree with you. We do have a very adversarial uh, system, and that's uh, reflected not just in Parliament but in our uh, criminal justice system and our legal system more generally. Uh, Yeah, the politics of love is a radical vision, so it does seek to radically transform our uh, institutions and our systems of government. Something that people sometimes assume about the politics of love is that it's an all or nothing sort of thing. And this relates to your question because we can think about the politics of love in two ways here. We can think about um, if we were to um, start from scratch and create a loving community with a loving uh, system of governance uh, and a loving legal system, uh, what would that look like? Uh, and that's a really good question. The, the uh, chances are it would look very different to what we currently have. Um, another way of thinking about this is, uh, you know, thinking about what the politics of love means for us here now in this particular uh society in which we find ourselves as particular community with the particular structures that are already in place. The politics of love isn't an all or nothing thing. It isn't the case that we are simply going to start from scratch and, you know, realise a perfectly loving society or nothing at all. Uh The politics of love can also be applied as as a kind of intervention uh, in politics. Uh, And we can think about how we can reform our structures, how we can move our structures to to make them become more loving. Uh, And it might be the case that we can't uh, sufficiently change our parliamentary system to make it perfectly loving. Maybe if we wanted a perfectly loving system, we would need to opt for something else entirely if a perfectly loving system was something that we could achieve uh, but it is possible I think to to work within these systems to make them more loving uh, and so we can think about uh, think about changes uh, in terms of for example uh, rules around the uh, the ways in which politicians engage with each other speak about each other and about other people and animals for example in in Parliament itself uh, and by making those changes we can make the system more loving, even if it's not going to be perfectly loving.
0: Mm. Is this a, is this an ideology, or is this something more? Um, I I think most people, when they think of politics, they you know everyone loves to have a category or a label that you can fit you know fit politicians into. And um, I'm just as guilty as as the next person. We've got left or right, socialist, capitalist, so on and so forth. How does that fit into to that sort of ideological framework, or is it something more altogether?
1: I think the politics of love has an ideological dimension. Uh, it is a progressive vision of politics, but it does transcend. These notions of left and right. I sometimes say the politics of love entered from the left uh, because that is, you know, where I came from, where Max came from, you know, that's where our sympathies lie with the left. Uh, But I don't think that the politics of love and what it has uh, grown into is something that really fits with the notion of left or right. Uh, it, It is progressive. Uh, it does. It, it is radical. It is transformative, uh, and so in some ways, I guess that it, that means that it is uh, inherently uh, not conservative. But it but it does seek to uh, include everybody. It is radically inclusive, uh, and the way that it achieves this is by centering love and loving values and the loving values that it centers like care like responsibility like uh, I mean, there are all sorts of examples listening trust humility these are things that all of us value to a greater or lesser extent one would hope and uh, these uh, val- these values can unite us around a vision of politics. Also, one of the great strengths of the politics of love, I think, is that is this word love. Uh, love is something that all of us think think is important.
0: Yeah, people people on the right are capable of of loving too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: It interests me because when you think of um, things like love and compassion, they generally are values that that's uh you know quite synonymous with with leftist movements for 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 decades yeah i'm someone who would consider myself from the left as well i find this this vision interesting because as you say you know it it should be able to transcend left-right politics really because most people are capable of love um regardless of their of their political stripes
1: yeah absolutely and One way of looking at this, one way of looking at the politics of love with its focus on values is as a challenge. Uh, If all of us, those who traditionally would have associated with the left and those who traditionally would have associated with the right, uh, believe that these values are important, how are we working to mobilise them? How are we working to uh, bring them into politics? Uh, And I think that criticism that a particular individual or party's politics isn't, for example, compassionate. It isn't uh, trusting of people who receive benefits, for example. I think uh, that sort of criticism and that sort of challenge, uh, show us how how your politics is compassionate. Show us how it is trusting. Um, that is a challenge that applies to all of us um, and all of us equally, I think.
0: Since Since the Labour Party came to power in 2017, they've uh, they've used a lot of messages like relentlessly positive, I think, was one of their first phrases when um, Jacinda Ardern was parachuted into <laughs> as leader. And words like empathy, like compassion. And again, Jacinda Ardern, she's, she's an absolute master in communication. We saw her all through last year where her, and after the Moss shooting, she exuded positivity and compassion and kindness. But broadly speaking, how would you measure the current government's track record record? on those values that they so frequently exude.
1: So people often bring up Jacinda Ardern when I mention the politics of love. Uh, That seems to be the first thing that people think about. Uh, And yeah, you're right. She does talk a lot about kindness and empathy. uh, And I would describe these as living values. They are compatible with the politics of love. I think it's really important to acknowledge that there is a difference between talking about love and enacting our love in politics. So as a really clear example of, of this, uh, Donald Trump, uh, when he was uh, running for office, declared his love for Mexico. Uh, well, at the same time, you know, vilifying Mexicans. Uh, so, you know, it's one thing to say, I'm all about love or kindness or compassion or empathy. And it's another thing to actually show those things. Um, uh, so yeah I agree that Jacinda is a very strong leader and she has uh, without doubt shown empathy and kindness uh, and we saw that as you said with the uh, mosque shootings um, and there have been numerous other um, situations uh, she is a strong leader I would say that her politics is not a politics of love and um, at least not with respect to non-human animals. And I often think about this. To my mind, you can tell the strength of a political figure. You can tell something about their moral and intellectual courage by the way that they act with respect to non-human animals because there isn't a lot of political capital to be gained from caring about non-human animals. There is... A lot to be gained from caring about people, Uh, even those people who uh, some uh, individuals and uh, politicians would rather ignore. But there is political capital to be gained uh, by caring. for dispossessed people, for example. Uh, and there is political capital increasingly to be gained from caring about the natural environment. But when it comes to animals, there isn't a lot of political capital to be gained. So when you see politicians, it's, you know, relatively rare, unfortunately, but when you see politicians standing up for non-human animals, that is a sign, I think, that um, this person has moral and intellectual integrity. Uh, and this is why I say that with... Uh, Respect to non-human animals, at least. I don't think Jacinda's politics is a politics of love. Uh, If it were, we would expect to see a transition away from animal agriculture. Uh, We'd expect to see an end to the Predator Free 2050 campaign, uh, which, as my friend Kim Stallwood uh, says, it is a a taxpayer-funded state-sponsored torture and killing program. Uh, We'd expect to see a ban on the use of animals in sports. We'd expect to see a ban on the use of animals in research. Uh, Jacinda has so much political capital; uh, she isn't applying it to animal issues. Um, and you know, we've seen this. We've seen uh, examples recently of uh, of policy that has gone some way, but not far enough. And uh, one example of uh, the way. In which the current government has made change, but it's been incremental. Has been uh, the ban on live exports, which is you know a great thing. But why do we have this two-year transition period? This is uh, uh, it's completely unacceptable. It's it's a damning indictment on our country and its laws. Uh, and we've seen this with the latest budget. There's pretty much nothing in there uh, for animal rights and animal welfare. Um, so, yeah, Jacinda is a, is a strong leader, but uh, her politics is not the politics of love. And something else I would also say about this is that Jacinda, as far as I'm aware, hasn't really spoken about love. She's spoken a lot about kindness, and, and she promised a government that would be focused, empathetic and strong, I think was the, was the wording that she used. But she doesn't actually speak about love. Love and kindness are quite different things. I would describe kindness as... As a loving value and something that is very important but it's uh but it's quite an individual value you know kindness is something we show to one another you know when we 're sitting on the bus and we offer them our I'll offer them a mask, for example, uh, which is one of the examples that she 's given of how we can be kind in our uh, interactions with one another uh, but love is deeper than that love is something transformative. Uh, you know, and, I'm, and I think here of uh, what Dr. Martin Luther King said when he was talking about compassion. He said, "Compassion is more than uh, flicking a coin to a beggar. Uh, it is recognizing that uh, the structures that produce beggars need transforming." Just to paraphrase, <laughs> to paraphrase Martin Luther King, love and kindness are different things. Jacinda has championed kindness. Uh, and some people have have used this language to say, well, actually, you know, we need more kindness. You know, you, you talk about kindness in this, in this circumstance, but what about kindness to people who are experiencing homelessness? What about kindness to uh, children who are living in poverty? What about extending kindness to other animals? And I say, well, you know, what we need is not so much more kindness. What we need is something else, and that is love.
0: How can activists apply the politics of love to their work and to achieve positive outcomes for animals? Firstly,
1: the politics of love is not just about others. And we do get caught up in this. A lot of people talk about love as being about other people. Um, I say love is something that we can show to ourselves, to other people, to non-human animals, and to the natural world. Uh, so love is something that we can show to ourselves. And I think this is very important, Uh this practice of self-love and looking after ourselves. Animal activism is inherently challenging work um, for all sorts of reasons. We come up against so much resistance. So firstly, the politics of love as a vision of politics uh, encourages us to look after ourselves. And a lot of thinkers, bell hooks, Audre Lorde, very good examples, Argue convincingly, I think, that in order to show love to others, we need to show love to ourselves, and that self-love is the foundation for love for others, uh, including, uh, I would say, uh, non-human animals. But the real strength of the politics of love with regard to uh, animal activism uh, consists in these loving values. So these loving values focus us on what is important, but they also allow us to connect with others. So for example, if you consider a researcher who is experimenting on puppies, uh, you probably, if you're listening to this podcast, don't have very much in common with her. Um, But uh, you can think about what values she has that will connect Uh, With your values And one thing that she might Very likely value as a scientist Is truth Uh, And this value, truth uh, Gives us a way in Uh, It's a a point On which we can connect uh, And that we can then use to uh, engage in a loving way with this researcher. So we can talk about the truth that uh, testing medications, for example, on non-human animals isn't scientifically valid. Um, We can talk about the truth of animal suffering uh, and uh, use that as a leveraging point. Um, As another example, uh, think about perhaps a businessman who engages in harmful practices. So maybe he works for Fonterra. Um, This person probably values responsibility, even if it's not responsibility to non-human animals. Perhaps he has a sense of responsibility for his family, uh, for his shareholders, uh, probably both. Uh, We can perhaps talk to him uh, about uh, whether or not his actions, his work is truly responsible. Is it responsible to non-human animals? Is it responsible to the natural environment? Bearing in mind that, especially when it comes to dairy, these two things are, are closely connected. But values um, can also help us to explain our uh, our own work um, for non-human animals. So I think about my veganism, for example, and how I explain that to other people. I often talk in terms of values. Um, uh, my veganism connects to compassion, honesty, and mutuality. Uh, which are things that other people value. So we can share the example of our um, individual actions through the, through, uh, the language of values. Um, and as I've said before, values are a way in because they go deeper than ideology. The politics of love is also committed to nonviolence um, and recognizes that violence takes many forms. It's not just physical, uh, but... The politics of love also makes space for confrontation, engaging critically, uh, and uh, challenging other people. Uh, it does this in a loving way. And, you know, I think something that we as animal activists could get a little bit better at is communicating our love for those who we are engaging critically with. So you can think about the people who you're talking to about your dietary decisions. They might be your friends or your family. Um, you know, it can we can fall into the trap, I think, of being uh, very defensive and, in some, and at some points accusing other people. Uh, and while there are reasons why we might do that, uh, the politics of love encourages us to think about the sort of world that we're trying to create, and that world includes all of us. So something that I try to do is, when I'm disagreeing with people, I try to communicate to them that... Uh, I care about them, that I uh, value their opinions, that I recognize their needs, that I recognize their fear and their concerns, um, and that their happiness and their well-being is as important as mine, as important as our pigs, as important than uh, my companion animal minis. Um, yeah, so the politics of love uh, is critical, but it doesn't condemn people and it isn't interested in punishment. It asks us to work for the world that all of us would like to see, a world in which all of us have value and all of us belong.
0: Thank you for listening to Animal Matters. This podcast is brought to you by Safe for Animals, New Zealand's leading animal rights organisation, and produced by myself, Will Appleby. Make sure you subscribe to stay across Animal Matters on whatever your favourite podcast platform is. If you're listening on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners to find the show. Until next time, Matewa.